What else to be thankful for? It's really nice to see all those different faces, eh? Friends, uh, some from right here among us and some that are scattered out in different, uh, different places. So thanks to each one of you who took a, took a few minutes to submit your, uh, your videos. Appreciate that. This morning we're going to find out how the, uh, the West Carport here at our church facility relates really well to your Christian life. You might have never looked at that carport or walked under that carport or drove under that carport and thought, huh, I can see how this is a wonderful symbol of my walk with Jesus. But we're going to find out how this morning. Last week we talked about brokenness. And we highlighted the song by Matthew West, which is maybe a bit of a, a theme song for the series that we're in. And that, that song is called Truth Be Told. And in it he says, you know, we go, go around saying, I'm fine, yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine, but I'm not. And proceeds to talk about the reality that it's so hard to admit it when being honest is the only way to fix it. So we talked about brokenness, how we're all broken. And our first step in this journey toward becoming whole is acknowledging that we are broken, acknowledging that to ourselves, acknowledging that to God, acknowledging that to the others around us who walk with us through life. So we're in the midst of this Becoming Whole series, and it's based on Rob Reamer's book, Soul Care. Excellent, excellent book. I'm scratching the surface with these sermons to kind of dive deep into these uh, Concepts. This is an excellent guide. They're for sale on the welcome table. It's also available. I don't know if you use Hoopla. That's a free e-reader uh, available through the Huron County Library. So you can actually get it for free using using Hoopla on your phone, or your iPad, or your computer. So you can check that out. But I highly recommend this book. It's been a, a wonderful guide for me actually in the last while in terms of sorting through some of this stuff on a personal level. So three reminders. I gave these to you last week. I want to give them to you again this week. Uh, just to kind of set the stage for this series. The first one is simply listening to the next seven sermons is not going to transform your life. Shocking, I know. <laughs> they won't. This is really just an introduction to the topic of becoming whole, to the topic of soul care. If you want to become healthy spiritually, really it's going to come down to you setting aside the time to do the spiritual work, to pray through this stuff, to read further about this stuff, to journal about this stuff, to talk about others with this stuff. It's a long journey that takes a ton of intentionality and it's not going to happen. In seven weeks, you're not going to walk away being like, oh yeah, I'm super whole now. Sorry, it just doesn't work that way. This is an introduction. We're just skimming the surface. The second piece is that I'm on this journey with you. I'm not standing here as someone who is particularly uh, whole, particularly spiritually healthy. Um, I'm on this journey with you. And number three, this is a part of a larger kind of journey of spiritual healing that uh, we're going to be inviting you on in a number of ways here with KZMC over the next uh, next couple of years. Again, because it's a process. It's not something we just kind of, okay, well, we got that off our agenda after seven or eight weeks. And so there will be a number of items along the way for how you can uh, partake in this journey of becoming whole. So a number of years ago, our maintenance guys had noticed that there was a crack. And, and my apologies to those of you who are maybe very involved in the situation if I'm butchering the story. This is my best understanding of how things unfolded. Our maintenance guys discovered that there was a crack between the flashing and the brick wall at our west carport. That this, this flashing serves as, a, as kind of a, a shield or a guard to keep the, the moisture, the rain, the snow, the ice 
from running in between where the brick wall is and where the carport is fastened. So you got this, this flashing to keep the moisture, but they noticed that there was a crack. It's bad news, you get water in, you get, you get water damage in on the insulation, uh, perhaps if it's really bad in on the drywall, you've got uh, contraction, expansion, full freeze, thaw that, thaw that can break things apart. You've got mold. It is not good to have moisture getting into our buildings, but there was a crack. All of us discover cracks in our own lives. Every single one of us. And this fits with last week we talked about brokenness. And I'm sure each one of you walked away with a, a fairly good idea of different ways in which you're broken, different cracks in your life. What are those cracks? Maybe it's just that you get really snippy with your kids. Maybe it's that you get really snippy with your friends. Maybe it's that with your spouse, you always have to have the last word, always one-upping them, always being the, the smarter, the bolder, the more confident, the whatever in your relationship. Maybe you've found it's actually easy to have too many drinks after a hard day of work. Maybe you find it's really easy to add uh, another item and then another item and then another item to your Amazon shopping cart. We all have these cracks. These are just a few instances of the ways we experience cracks. A couple of weeks ago, I was with a friend, and this friend commented to me something that was happening at their church, and they were excited about it. They told me, and uh, I quickly acknowledged it and just rushed past it. I did not feel like celebrating this great news about their church with them. And then the next day, they told me about it again. They forgot and I, that they'd already told me. I said, yeah, you already told me that yesterday. And I was kind of snippy with them, refusing to enjoy that news with them. And it crossed my mind later, being like, why, why was I snippy? Why was I, why was I harsh in my spirit toward them when they were just celebrating something that was exciting to them? It was a crack that I noticed in my life. We all have cracks, these ways in which we were better, wiser, kinder, stronger. Cracks in our lives. Patterns in our lives that are destructive. Now, the maintenance guys, when they discovered this crack between the, the church building and the carport, they could have immediately just went and fixed it. They could have bent the flashing back. They could have got some masonry screws and fired them in. They could have got some caulking. And it would have been good to go for the next rainstorm. They could have fixed that crack. And that's often how we live our lives. When we discover the cracks, we go for the immediate solution. We just want to fix it so we'll be good to go for the next storm that comes along. We try to fix our cracks as simply and easily as possible. And so I think, um, you know, with my friend was telling me this great news that I didn't want to hear, I, I reflect, I'm like, well, okay, you know what, next time I'm just going to be more patient. I'm going to be more considerate. Maybe I can do that. Or maybe you could agree with your spouse if the, if the Amazon shopping cart is the issue, you can talk to your spouse like, all right, we've got a cap on my spending. I'm only going to spend so much every month on Amazon. Or maybe you say, you know what, I'm just going to commit to stop drinking altogether if that's what I'm struggling with. Or maybe it's, I'm just going to try super hard this week to not raise my voice with my kids. How does that go? <laughs> I can do it for maybe two days. All of these ways in which we try to fix the cracks immediately, we try to fix the cracks as simply as possible. 
Now, the good news is we have really good maintenance guys. And I'm sorry, I don't remember exactly who was all on the maintenance crew at the time that they uh, dealt with this issue, so I can't even single out particular individuals. But we've got good maintenance guys. They asked the question, why did this crack happen? Why did the flashing separate from the brick wall? And as they looked into it, as they explored further, they found out that the roof of the carport had been lowering that it had been moving and it had been heaving. They said, well, well, why has that been happening? And they looked further and they actually dug under the ground. So you got the two pillars and they dug and they discovered that when the building was built, you have these concrete pillars, but there was no footing placed under the pillar. Do you believe that? I don't know whose job that was that, that day. Um, but the, the footing didn't get poured in, so you didn't have the broad, foundation base for the weight to sit on and be spread out to hold it stable. It was missing the foundation piece. It was not really solid and that's why the post was shifting and that's why 30 feet away there was this crack along the wall. If you had just looked at that crack and tried to fix it, it would have cracked again in three weeks or six months or maybe eight years. But they looked at the root issue which was over 30 feet away to figure why is this happening. So a huge thanks to our awesome maintenance guys because they didn't just cock it and have another issue a number of years down the road. I, yeah, like I said, I don't know who's all involved in the job, but I know that Glenn Goshel was a key driver in, in pouring the new, and digging it up and pouring the new footing and the new, uh, the new pillars to support the bricks um, to get that all fixed and taken care of, to get that good sound foundation underneath. So yeah, big thanks to all of those fellows. So when we think about the cracks in our lives, instead of just fixing those cracks, we've got to think about the foundation. We've got to look at the foundation. I shared that I was sniffing with somebody else who was sharing the exciting news about their church. Why? While they were talking about their church. For myself as a pastor, I have this unhealthy, faulty foundation of my life where I tell myself my worth is determined by how I'm doing as a pastor or how successful we are as a church, or at least I perceive that we're successful. That's my, because this is my line of work, that's close to my identity. Maybe your line of work is closer to your identity, but it's a, a false or a faulty identity that I've tied up. And because they were excited about this one area of their church, and it drew my mind to an area where I actually feel like our church is struggling a little bit, and it kind of got at my identity. So I didn't want to, I didn't want to hear it. I didn't want to have anything to do with it. And so instead of just saying, okay, well, I need to just be more patient and considerate, I gotta go back to the foundation and say, God, like what's what's actually going on in my heart? What am I trusting in for my sense of self-worth, for my sense of peace, for my sense of joy? I've got to take it down to the foundation. I've got to get down to that level of Identity. The same way that our maintenance guys had to dig a hole in the ground to see something that you can't observe with the eye, I have to dig down in my life to get to my identity. Things that aren't immediately observable, but the things that drives all of the cracks that are going on up here. So, the foundation. What is our identity with God? And we're going to look at a couple of, couple of scriptures here. And one of them we already read with the worship music. We're going to read it together again. Romans chapter 8, verses 14 to 17. So we'll flip to that slide. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. 
Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. I'm actually going to turn this way, because I know on the live feed they're looking at this one, so it might look awkward if I'm looking off screen. Anyway, we're going to look over here. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. Next slide. Now this is Ephesians chapter 1 verses 3 to 8. Praise be to the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. To the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one whom he loves. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. And that's the end. There we are. Lots of good verses about identity in there. Lots of good references to identity. What's all being said in there? It's saying that we're children of God. We are sons. We are daughters. We've been adopted into God's family. We can call God daddy. And that's significant where it says Abba. Not just a father, a distant father, but a daddy whose lap we can sit on and whose smile we can personally enjoy. We are co-heirs. We're going to receive the inheritance that God has for us. That is our identity. Children of God who are deeply loved. Jesus gave his life on the cross. He forgave our sins because he loves us, because we are his kids. The thing is, I know these verses. I have bookmarks with them on. I refer to them time and time and time again in sermons. These are not new to me, and they're probably not new to you. But I've mostly held on to them up here. I've mostly addressed them maybe directly to the cracks of my life, but I haven't allowed them to seep down and speak, digging deep into the things that aren't immediately seen. I haven't allowed them to speak and to form what my identity is. I've got to build the foundation of my life with these truths so that when I struggle with the sense of not being respected or not being successful, or not accomplishing what, do I, what I want to accomplish, when I see these cracks, I step back and say, hold on, those aren't the things that determine who I am. Those aren't the things that determine my worth and my love. Satan is speaking those lies to me. He's saying you're worthless. God doesn't care about you. He's saying you can't have peace because you're not getting everything done that you should get done. And he's speaking those lies. Those are the cracks. I gotta go back to the foundation and remind myself of my identity. You know what, this week, if an interpersonal relationship I had with someone really went miserably and failed, that's hard, but I'm still God's kid. I'm still loved just as much by God. These are God's promises. It's about what Jesus did for me at the cross. This is my identity. This is my foundation. It's a foundation that can't be changed or shaken. We're going to look at a quote from Reimer's book, here. Oh, and I love, before, sorry, before we flip, I love that picture. It's just a great picture of it. Like, you think of us being God's kids. 
and just the joy. When God's our dad, the joy that he would look at us. And so I think this is just a great illustration of a kid looking up to dad. Anyway, I came across it. I thought that's just a, a wonderful image of our relationship with God as our dad. We'll skip to the next slide. So this is from Rob Reamer's book. He says, the issue of your value is settled at cross. This is the truth that you must hold on to. This is the truth that you must appropriate every time lies threaten your security, value, and identity. This is what God has accomplished in your spirit and what you must hold on to and work out in your soul. This is the foundation that you must build your life on. Upon this foundation, you can find peace, love, acceptance, excuse me, security, significance, and all that you need in life. So how do we live this out? To be honest, maybe it sounds a little bit cheesy, but it's a lot of self-talk. You picture the person standing in front of the mirror in the morning and they're saying, I'm smart, I'm kind, I'm, I forget what that all entails. But, but honestly, it's a lot of self-talk. In the moments in which I find myself feeling stressed about something, in the moments in which I notice that I'm getting super irritated, I'm like, hold on, what's this about? I gotta stop and I gotta say, Ryan, it's okay, it doesn't matter what you feel right now, it doesn't matter what's stressing you out, it doesn't matter why you feel this frustration and angst or this disappointment and sadness. You are a loved son of God. You are a loved daughter of God. This is the self-talk, reminding ourselves of the promises of God, speaking them over the lies that Satan would speak to us, rebuilding that foundation, speaking truth. And you're not just God's son. You're not just God's daughter because that's how it has to be. He chose you. He chose you before the foundation of the world to be his daughter. God loves you so much. So we've got to repeat these things. Ephesians 1, verse, verse 4. He chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. Maybe that's the key. Maybe this week, that's the key one that you keep saying to yourself over and over, inviting the Holy Spirit to speak in your life, saying, this is what my identity is founded on. When I have this foundation, I don't have as much, or I don't feel threatened when someone else's church is more successful than mine is. I know, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm sharing this, and it affects all of you, but for me, that's just, that's just what it is. This is where God's working on me in terms of my identity. When you have this foundation, you don't need to buy more things to ease the numbness in your heart. It's receiving that promise that you were loved and chosen by God that meets that numbness in your heart. When you have this foundation and you're stressed out by what your kids are up to, you don't need to snap at them because you know that regardless of how your day is going with them, God loves you and you are his daughter or his son. And honestly, how often when we snap at somebody else is it way more about how our day is going how we're feeling than whatever they did around us. That's, that's the truth. So in conclusion, repairing or forming the foundation of our identity is the work that God's calling us to, to become whole. You will not become whole if your identity is out of whack. You will not become whole if you don't have a foundation or you have a poor foundation. The only path to becoming whole is to have that foundation your identity as a daughter or son of the living God. God loves you. He saved you. You're his kid. This is who you are. And so I invite you to do the hard, intentional work 
consistent work of forming that foundation. Just because you listen to this sermon does not mean that you're good to go. Just because you might read the chapter in this book does not mean that you're good to go. It's that hard work with the Holy Spirit day after day after day of forming that foundation of your identity. Don't just address the cracks. Quit just trying harder. It's not going to cut it. Trying harder is not going to cut it. Don't just fix the cracks. They'll keep showing up. Go back to that foundation. So I have a couple of um, reflection questions. I'll send these out to you by email as well. But the first one this week, I invite you to take time, sit down, think about these, pray through these, ask the Holy Spirit to wait to reveal the ways that your life is built on a faulty foundation. Question two. How do the lies of this faulty foundation show up in your life? What are the symptoms and the triggers? Put each lie in a sentence. So what's Satan saying? You write that out. And then replace the lie by making a new sentence. And then share your discoveries with someone close to you. Your spouse, your friend, whatnot. I'm actually with working through this book because I have been working through it for a while. And he really stresses working through it with other people. So this coming Wednesday, I'm going to be working through it with two guys that I grew up with. Two guys where our, our situations um, match fairly closely, have a lot of respect for each other. We're going to sit down and we're actually going to work through this book together and talk about these questions. And uh, I'm excited about it. I'm also really fear, fearful because it's not easy questions in this book. Um, but find someone whom you can work through. Um, these, yeah, discuss what you have discovered. So I'm, I'm going to close with our kind of our theme prayer again. And I invite you to even just, even just say it from your seat. Let's pray this together. Lord, I'm willing to change. But I don't know how to change. There are deep-seated things inside of me that are broken, and I can see that. The problem is I don't know what they are. I don't know what the roots are, and I need to know, or, and I don't know how to change them. I need your help. Can you lead me to a path of change? Amen. God is good. He's given you everything that you need on this journey to restore you and to heal you because he saved you and loved you.